Welcome to View from the Minion, a podcast for all things Cardiff City. I'm Gareth Baker stepping in for Scott Salter. He's away this week. I had the pleasure of Dan Jardine and Ben Price, View from the Minion's very own contributors, joining me in the studio this week. A proper studio as well, uh, which was nice actually. Uh, we looked forward to um, the West Brom game. We discussed the whole draw and of course the 3-0 Morin of QPR and quite excitingly we've got the interview, a special sneak preview of Gitto from the Super Furry Animals at the end of the episode so stay tuned and yeah, enjoy. Hello and welcome to the View from the Ninian podcast, a podcast for all things Cardiff City. I'm Gareth Baker, stepping into Scott Salter's small size four shoes today with the hosting duties. I have here today, though, with me, making his VFTN debut, TV and radio presenter, journalist, producer, pretty much everything you can be, Dan Jardine. Hello. Quick, tell us a joke, Dan. Uh, no, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Ben Price here as well. He's turned up. Hi. <laughs> right, so we have a cushy, guys. Uh, you know, nice studio to record in. We're recording off the back of a 3-0 Cardiff win. Can't really go wrong. But before we start, I'm going to do a quick would you rather with you both. Let's go for it. Okay. Okay, so would you rather, one, play for Cardiff City professionally, but every time you play, you shit yourself at least once on the pitch for everyone to see? Gary Lineker, all right. Or two, yeah, but every time you play. Number two, not play for Cardiff City but you can never watch another game or even talk about Cardiff in any capacity, otherwise you will die. What are the wages we're on at Cardiff? Doesn't matter. You just you get to play. You're just a normal, average Cardiff player. Right? Bench player or? Uh, starting every game. Starting yeah. every game. Starting right. every game. So a full 10-year career. So every slide tackle, you're wiping your ass with the floor. Yeah. Is that is that is that cult hero status already? What, or, just, or, or are you like... I think, to a certain extent, the Cardiff fans will definitely find it easy to make up a chant. Yeah. yeah. The, the, he shits where he wants. Shits, he shits where he wants, yeah. They'll definitely be remembered. I'll tell you I, I'd go for the play for City and shit myself. Because I think if I did play for City, I'd shit myself anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but, like, literally, though. Oh, no, no, I think I physically would. Oh, you would just physically... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> just... I'm a weak individual, just my ass would go and... Yeah? Down? Yeah, just... Uh, yeah, I'd probably say Cardiff City as well. Probably, so you're yeah. happy with shitting yourself? Yeah, I mean, look who Gary Lineker is. I mean, he shit himself. And, uh, well, he so. sells crisps for a living, though. Yeah. So but imagine, you know, you're playing for Cardiff City, you get promoted to the Premier League and all those cameras, NBC, America. I think you've got to Oh, there's it. a guy who shits himself all the time. You know, your I'll missus breaks up with you, you'll never get another girl again in your life. You definitely will. That, that's a real possibility it. for me anyway, let's face it. So... <laughs> Ah, right. So before we kick off with the actual podcast, uh, <laughs> you know, let's cast our minds back uh, to the 2-2 hole draw. Obviously, we'd be QPR, but we're going to start off with Hull. Cardiff were very unlucky guys to only pick up the one point. Glatzel and Ward with the goals, obviously. Smithies with some questionable goalkeeping, depending who you are and what your opinions are. What were your thoughts on that game, Dan? Um I, I didn't go up to Hull. I know a few people that did. Um, from what I heard, uh, it was it was quite an impressive performance. I thought we we played pretty well, and we were we were quite unlucky to come away with just the one point. Mm. Um, 
but I'm buzzing for Glatzel to get his first goal from open play. I think that's going to be a massive confidence boost for him. Um, and you know, Smithy's goalkeeping ability, you know, from that from that free kick from uh, who was it? Um, Oh, some like Chris Scouts, get your name. Oh, Krasitsky, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, got it right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were saying Mike Krasowski then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, he kind of sheds a question again. Does Etheridge come straight back in when he's fit? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we're unlucky to come away with just a point. And uh, I think we were very lucky, though, to go and concede then. Uh, sorry, score, mm. score right at the end as well through Danny Ward. But, um, I mean, away from home, it's going to be a tough game up at Hull. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'd, t- I'd take that away from him. What were you, Ben? I was disappointed with the result because I watched um, a very legal stream. <laughs> it was... As we all do. Yeah, it was the all best. totally legal. Yeah, I paid for it. It's fine. Yeah, shame on those who illegally stream. Yeah. Just, Did you I actually just pay the £10? I didn't pay 10 quid. If you oh. get a VPN... Oh, so it was uh, set, set, Yeah. No, I was, in, I, was in Ameri- I was in America. It was fine. Call the police. I just came back yesterday. 10 quid, though, by the way. Sorry to interrupt. Ten quid that I follow is ten pounds to stream the Cardiff game for one game. Yeah, for one game. Yeah, yeah. now TV is eight quid, and that's Premier League football. Mm. Ten quid. But anyway, Ben, how? So yeah, um, I thought it was our best performance of the season. To be honest, I thought other than a mistake at Smithies has made to keep it, and I will say I think it's probably the only goal since he's been in the side that you can really say he should have stayed. He should have saved that. Other than that, I think he's done really well, and I think that's why. He's kept the shit over the referee. Um I thought he's done re- decent. Uh, even his bad performance have been decent. Um, but it was just one of those, we just, the the exact opposite of QPR, where we dominated the game, but just weren't clinical enough. And it really was a way, I think, well, the QPR result, but we'll go on to it, proves that it was a wake-up moment of, we need to be more clinical here. We could have easily seen them off yeah. in the first half an hour, just to go on and, Scrape a two-all draw. Warnock said after the game, you're probably familiar with a quote. It's the least he's ever celebrated an equaliser. To be honest, I will never not be able to celebrate a last-minute equaliser because it feels like a win. So, do you agree with the uh, Warnock sentiments, Dan? Um, I mean, I'd, I'd always celebrate a goal um, unless you like unless you like seven-two down. They're sort of the fun ones, then, though, aren't they? Yeah. The ironic cheers. Yeah, I like playing football manager, so I'll celebrate any goal that goes yeah. in. <laughs> But um, no, I mean, yeah, it's disappointing from his point of view because obviously he knew that we should have done a lot better than than the draw, and especially when we were two one down. I think that was a massive shock mm. for everyone. To be honest, it's quite nice to see Warnock in a press conference actually give a bit of a dig, give a bit of a dig rather than just be like, ah, we were unlucky. Yeah. We had a lovely time. Yeah, Hull's yeah. <laughs> a lovely city. Oh, lovely city. Yeah, seven nil. But yeah, it's lovely. not a lovely really, city. No, not at all. Ben, what do you think about Warnock's comments? I think they're fair. Yeah. Um, I felt the same. It. It's like that cliche, and it was at one point gained or two points dropped. That was massively two points dropped. With we should have been comfortable there. Mm-hmm. It should have been our first away win, um, but just not being clinical enough mm-hmm. in front of goal, and just a couple of switches off at the back. And you see that a decent, half decent side like Hull punished us. Um, yeah. I think they're going to be there or thereabouts. Everyone's on about their wide men. We did all right. Um, Bowen had a couple of chances, but nothing spectacular. It was a poor free kick to give away when we gave it away and then the goal that came from it was just like we said goalkeeper error I think we said before like nine times out of ten Smithy saves that I don't think there's a risk if that goes again He's. I think the second goal the header I mean there's an argument was it a really good header to the back post 
Or Smithy's kind of, you know, bird watching off his line a bit out of position. There's a bit of an argument there that the second goal was his fault. A lot of I people was, have been saying that. My issue with it was who was picking him up. Yeah. If you look at it, Morrison's for some reason Morrison ends up with two men. Yeah. And he has to make a decision which one to follow and the other one's obviously got the clear header in. It was um I still can't work I watched it back and I tried to work out whose man he was marking. I couldn't work out are we doing zone or are we doing man to man. Yeah. And I think there was a bit of like miscommunication there that happened and I think that's where it resulted in that goal. I think yeah, he probably could have organised the defence a bit more, but I think it was more of a team goal to concede that yeah. that was a fault there. The thing is, though, I mean, from set pieces, we have probably the strongest two players in the year oh, in, yeah. in the league. I mean, we shouldn't be conceding and we should be scoring from a lot more set pieces. We showed, yeah. we showed that at QPR that we are capable of scoring goals from set pieces. Mm. But, I mean, yeah, defensively, I think there needs to be some work done there. Yeah, like, obviously, Flint and Morrison are so great attacking-wise in the air from corners, free kicks. But in defence, I mean, there have been holes there. It's strange that, like, I know we conceded two goals from two mistakes, but I think there's been, it's clicked. I think um, it's clicked at the right time because I think Bamba's not too far away as far as Flint or Morrison goes. But I think the performance has been better. There's a lot more communication between the two. There's an understanding now between them that they know where each other's going to be and each other's flaws. And I think mm. it's it's definitely got better. It's just a shame that Hull were clinical and saw, saw those two chances and took them. Dan, you mentioned Glatzor, um with a goal uh, from open play against Hull. He seems to be up and running now. Uh, you know, not just a penalty, but he's managed to actually get a proper goal, as I like to say. Uh, Danny Ward coming on and looking very sharp as well. Great first touch and obviously a lovely finish. It's almost enough to make you think that we might have some good strikers in the side. Yeah, I mean, I think Danny Ward is criminally underrated. I mean, the, when he when he's played for us, he's done quite well. Um, I think last season in the Premier League, he was unfortunate to go off injured against Spurs and obviously set him, set him out for quite some time. Um, and obviously then Warnock making some decisions with substitutes like putting Healy in front of him uh, didn't exactly help his cause. But um, you know, for a championship level striker, I mean, he, he will score goals. He will score goals when you give him the chance and you give him the delivery. And I think it's going to be exactly the same for Glatzel. There's a, there's a case for both of them playing up front at the same time. Um, little and little and large, like a bit of a chop right, a uh, chop chop right. That's like that. <laughs> chop right. That's, that's both of them together, isn't it? Chop right, both yeah. right. Like um, a celebrity couple. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, both of them, both of them up together would be something that I'd like to see. Mm. Um, but I'm not too sure how we could fit it into the formation that we've currently got. And Warnock's not exactly the type to chop mm. and change, is he? So, who are your Ben? Who are your weak performers against Hull? The weak performers. Um. I thought the wingers were didn't have their best game. Josh um, Murphy. Murphy, yeah, it's a strange mm. one. It's just, there are moments of brilliance with Murphy and I get hammered on Twitter, which is why I've sort of stopped doing the ratings of, oh, Murphy's done this, Murphy's done that. But he just doesn't do enough for me. There's so much talent, there's so much potential um, that it's just he's just not living up to it at the moment. It's He is the most frustrating player I think I've seen at City for a while because there's such good talent there but at the moment he's at a run in a risk of becoming a Craig Noon 2.0 oh don't say Ooh. that don't say that please no I, I really like Murphy I think he's got bags, I like him bags, too that's the thing hang on he's hang a... on Were you boys not fans of Craig Noon I, I, I love was, Craig Noon yeah. but towards the end it was cut inside have a shot wasn't yeah, it it was yeah. predictable I see what you mean like Murphy is doing that a little bit well if there's anything that's guaranteed in life it's you know death taxes and absolute scenes of the KCOM even if it was just a last gap, he's equalised. At least our fans got to have something to celebrate. But 
Bruce moving shins on. everywhere. Oh, definitely. Moving <laughs> on, boys. Uh, we finally get to get on the part that everyone wants to talk about in here. It is the QPR game, the 3-0 pummeling. Or was it a pummeling? Uh, Morrison, Pack and Patterson were on the score sheet, but there's still questions about the possession stats. Do you boys give a shit about that, or is a win a win? Uh, for me, a win is a win. To be honest, I don't care if you know we have we end up getting twenty eight percent possession and fifty eight percent pass completion rate. It, we've got Warnock as manager. We're not going to be playing like Pep Guardiola, are we? As long as we come away with a win, then I think that that's all that we need. I mean, at the end of the season, you look back at the results and you won't go, "Oh wow, we only had like thirty percent possession there." You'll go, "That was one two one, nice one. We'll take that three points up the, up the league we go." You know? Oh, hundred percent agree. Um, I think summed it up perfectly where people are saying, oh, this pass in this this uh, possession. Uh, last night, 88th minute, something like that, QPR are 3-0 down and they're playing it amongst the back four. If I'm a fan there, I'm running on the pitch and headbutting someone. It's just... That's so frustrating it would cook watch, me yeah. just seeing that. There's times where we've gone too direct and too... Hope, hit, it, hit it up to the top guy, big guys, and hope for the best. But if you're 3-0 down and your centre-backs are playing it amongst themselves... Oh, I'd go fucking nuts. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's just I, stupid. I, give me Brexit ball over Brexit that, ball. that fake, like, total football that every team seems to want to play now. It doesn't just take passing between centre-halves and left-backs and right-backs to be a good footballing team. You need to actually penetrate the other team. We, we were talking about it um, after the Fulham game, me and Scott, and he, came out, he um, read a stat that if the Fulham centre-backs carry on their current pass-per-game ratio... They're going to be like the record, like pass pass makers in the league in the championship history. Two centre backs. It's just ridiculous. It's just, and they're not going anywhere with it. Yeah. The, the no. balls don't go anywhere. You're doing nothing with that ball. To say you've got so much possession, it's fantastic. Well done. But we were poor against QPR at times. Um, defensively, I think Murphy just left Bennett just struggling. There was no support from him. He didn't track back. He was lucky to stay on at half time. Uh, Bennett again raises questions for me of why we've let, let Cunningham go and not got another left back in. Don't you dare rip on Joe Bennett. I love Bennett. I really <laughs> want him to do well, and I'm not starting a Twitter war again, mate, because this has just gone it's gone too long. I just love it, mate. I just oh, no, I Beckham, think he's fantastic. Beckham. He's our little, little, he's, little he's David our, Beckham on the left. He's side. our best left back since Andy Legg as well. I reckon. I 100 percent agree. In the Premier League, I thought he was really good. Mm. Uh, season before that, I thought he was good. He's just not hit the heights he normally does this season. Well, you know but, why, and yeah. like, sorry to interrupt Ben, but. When it's almost when Hoylet's playing, and I think you agree with this, I'm not sure if you said it. When Hoylet's playing, no one says anything about Bennett. Yeah, when Murphy's playing, everyone's jumping on Bennett's back, and that's because he has a huge gap to oh, fill because Murphy just stays up, stays up in the left wing and just wants to like cut inside six million times. Well, their winger, um, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, the guy that hit the post in the first half. Um, is that a youngster? Yeah, Eze? that's Eze, 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 that's yeah. it, yeah. He's the he caused Bennett so many problems, mm. and at no point in if you think, I tell you what, lads, I want to get back here because he's being torn to shreds. Exactly, and that's why Hoylet should get in the team for Murphy for me or, or every day right now. Oh, I'm 100 oh. agree. I think well, who's Dan, I don't think Dan does that. I know. I, I want to go to Dan because he's look he's in pain. junior junior Hoyler, man, I love him, but he's just so inconsistent. Mm. I mean, he doesn't offer anything going forward. He doesn't offer anything defensively. He just he's got he, more assists this season than Murphy. Just. Uh, yeah, I mean, just slide that under the door. Then. Okay, just yeah, leave it there. Fair, fair, enough. Look. fair enough. But I mean, for me personally, I don't. I think he pops up with a, an assist or a goal every something like three or four games, and you know those spaces in between, you really need someone to be consistent. And June has been massive for us over the last three seasons. You know, from where he came from, uh, 
free free transfer. Mm. You know, his career was practically done. And Warnock's kind of brought him up to be, you know, superb little winger for us. But um, for me personally, I've just not seen enough from him. From Hoyler. From Hoyler. junior Hoyler. I mean, but, you know, with, with Murphy being so inconsistent as well, it doesn't exactly help the cause on the left-hand side. You look at the right-hand side, though, with White and Peltier. Was it Warnock who said last week, <laughs> uh, you know, if, if Peltier keeps, uh, if White keeps playing in front of Peltier, then he's going to end up in the England squad because that's how good he is. He offers yeah. it defensively and attackingly. But, yeah, I mean... Did, did Warnock really say that after White just yeah. played for Northern Ireland? Or no, is no, 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 he said that, he said that Peltier. Oh, Peltier, yeah. yeah. I was thinking, that, what? <laughs> I think Joe Bennett must be like running around on our left flank, just like, oh, fuck you, Lee. Like, you know, I'm, you know, work my bollocks off you, and you you can have a cup of tea over there. And that's the thing with Murphy. Like, it's pound for pound, Murphy's a better player. Yeah, like, all stats, pretty much better player. I think Hoyler is probably a little bit better of a dribbler. Just because you know, but he lacks speed. He lacks. He's not as quick as he was. But FIFA seems to rate him as ninety fucking pace for some reason. Always is. Toilet. Ninety I, I, pace. I know, and I, I, I haven't seen that since he played for Blackburn. Yeah, no. exactly. But you know, you've got you've got to kind of punish Murphy. You need to drop him for like three or four games. Put Hoyler. That's in there. when he sort of picks up, though, wasn't it? Mm. When the Premier League last year, he got dropped for a little bit, and he came back in the site, and he looked a real player again. He looked like he had that hunger. Yeah. I don't know if Warnock should I play him into form and thinks that's the best way to get some game, get some run of him. And I understand some wingers need a run of games to really get going. But I thought after his first goal, um, he'd really kick on, really start. And which was the game he went off with the illness? Um, Who's that? Murphy? Yeah, home game. I don't remember. Did he? He went off at half time. Was it Fulham? Might be Fulham. Um, ironically, he shot himself on the pitch too. So Did he? Yeah, he did. did he? he followed through. Murphy? Yeah. He was, he, he was, was it a little follow through or was it a full on shot? Uh, I don't know. He was sort of squatted over by me, and I heard him say to the um, physio, he's shit. He's, he's shit. Oh, I've shit. Uh, he said, I've shit. You yeah. are, mate? No, shit. I've shit. Oh, yeah, you should probably go home, mate. Yeah. That and case. that's why he came off, because he had shat himself. <laughs> Little <laughs> view from the Indian exclusive there. But, um, yeah, he was sort of getting into that thing of taking the pl- taking the players on. And that's where I sort of get frustrated with him more, is that he's got the ability to take players on and really cause problems. But if he misses that first one, if that first one doesn't come off, his head's down and he's just looking to swing the ball in or try and cut inside. He needs to get out the man and sort of be that old-fashioned winger of down the line and just hammer it because he could get so many players sent off. Absolutely. Yeah. And you look at Mendes as well, the same type of player who knocks it past the defender and just takes him on. And he yeah, he, he can either put a, create a chance from a cross or, or, or you know, come inside and shoot or you know, get the player booked, draw a foul, yeah. get a free kick. That's a problem you have, really, because... You know, White's doing bits down there on the right wing, that kind of defensive winger role. He's just getting he, better every game. But yeah. he's, he's adding passing going forward now. It's, it's. I thought it would take a few months for him to sort of add the forward play and sort of the pe- finding the right pass. And they don't always come off. I think he's, he's probably, I don't. I haven't looked at the stats, but I'd imagine he's got one of the lowest pass completion rates uh, in the squad. But that's not a, being me like giving him grief. Yeah. It's just he's learning the trait, and he, but he's getting better every game. To he's, be honest, he's so solid defensively. He's learning a lot from Peltier, but now he's getting forward. He's looking to get, swing that ball in. He's looking to play into the channels. He's really, really impressing me. And him and Bakuna are linked up fantastically as well. Yeah, and I wouldn't want any of my wingers with a hundred percent pass succession because that shows that they're not being brave. Um, you know, but talking about Mendes Lang there, uh, you got an issue there because I'm a big fan of Mendes Lang. Like, look what he'd done against United. He, he, he showed he can be all right in the Premier League. But you can't really drop White. 
is Mendes any good on the left compared to the right? No. Do you know what I mean? I so you he scored when he when he first joined us. He scored, I think, three on the bounce from when he was from just the cutting, left wing, in, yeah. cutting in. From Villa, the left Villa, wing, Villa, Villa, he scored two in that game, um, coming off the, the the I think the left back. So he'd be playing left, no right back. So he'd be playing left left mm-hmm. wing. Uh, yeah, I, I I think we should just mix it up during yeah. games. That's one thing that frustrates me is when mm-hmm. the wingers play. You see a lot of other teams they play this fluid sort of even the midfield like all four at some points can be switched in different positions. Whereas our wingers are fixed to the left and the right. Just every couple of plays, every fifteen minutes, just switch over. If mm-hmm. the if the, the fullback thinks you've got, got he's got you figured out, mm. swap over and it just makes it so much more difficult. Um Bellamy Burke used to do it a lot. I think under I, Dave Jones. To be yeah. fair, like, I think that's more of a recent development. I think Warnock did used to. Oh, that, that's yeah. when that's a Premier Hoylet, thing. Yeah. It's when yeah. Hoylet and Mendes were the best. It's when they were switching over. You switching over very, yeah. two very in the championship, in the two championship. seasons ago. Yeah. They were a nightmare yeah. to deal with. Hoylet got eleven goals that season because he was a nightmare. So it's hard to kind of you know keep our faith in. Him. But when Murphy's doing so bad, you have to kind of start considering Hoylet. But talking about another player that. Getting a bit of faith in uh, Callum Patterson. Uh, you know, it's great to see him getting on the score sheet again. He was arguably our best player two seasons ago yeah. when he came in and was like a magical striker, centre attack midfield when we thought we got a right back. But um, do you think that he could match what he done two seasons ago? Like he's back in fitness now. Like where would you play him? Yeah, there's there's a lot of questions over where you'd play him yeah. and how he'd fit into this team. Because you kind of go drop Tomlin if you want yeah. to stand attack. But yeah, Dan, go on. Person. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's he's a very one dimensional player though. He is the big target man, but and but he's one, another player that just pops up with random goals. Like against QPR, that was a magnificent effort. It was a great goal. Great First goal. time effort on like the volley, hits it down into the floor and up into the roof of the net. You just don't don't expect that from a player who's been bought in as a right back player, no. centre attacking mid or second striker. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was. Uh, I think he was, he was quite unfit at the start of the season. Oh yeah, come back a bit porky. Arse was fucking bigger than the stadium. <laughs> Jesus. But he, he did he did pick up an injury over the summer. I think it was. But um, it was before that, was it? it was the ankle thing that ruled him out towards the end of the season. Um, it's clear that he really was struggling, and I don't think he was ready to come back in. I think. If Pack hadn't picked up his injury, I don't think Patterson would have got as many games. Um, I don't think Tomlin would have come back in the side, to be honest, either. But he's he's a massive character. He's something different because I would. Is if you play in defence, you do not want to play against that because you just don't know what he's doing. He just he'll win uh, everything. Yeah. He'll chase it down, and he started chasing more down last night. He was making those sort of runs that you know aren't going to get anything, but you're just sort of wearing the defenders out. He. Was he looked a lot sharper, looked a lot fitter. He looked leaner. He did look leaner, um, and he scored, popped up for that one goal. Um, he's he's going to play a big part. He'll have a bigger part to play than Tomlin, I think, over the season. Purely because I think when it comes to Christmas and it's game after game, he's got the ability to play four games in ten days or whatever. Whereas Tomlin hasn't got that potential. He'll play sixty minutes here, sixty minutes there. Um, Patson as our top scorer wouldn't surprise me again this season. Really. Yeah. I mean, you you got to have a bit of faith that Tomlin will become a player that does, you know, can do 90 minutes. So for me, like, again, pound for pound, Tomlin, I'd rather the prospect of seeing Lee Tomlin as Saturday attack midfield than Patterson, personally. I think, I think yeah. it's not about goals, it's creativity as it's well. It's different games, though, isn't it? I think it's an option for different things. 
if you've got a team that you need to pick something and really look for a bit of magic to unlock, Tomlin's perfect. But if you want someone that you need to bully and sort of break them down and sort of hammer them, mm. I don't think Tomlin's that guy. Tomlin's not physical enough. Although I think he's he worked really hard against QPR. I thought he did all right. I thought he was un- to be honest, I thought he was a bit unlucky to be subbed, and he didn't look happy about it. But um, yeah, it's it's just different. It's an option, isn't it? It's two different options to have, which isn't a bad thing. No, definitely not. That's you're exactly right there because it's almost like, but like two weeks into the season, people were like scared that we didn't have enough depth. Yeah. Whereas now, like you look at Donny Ward and Glatzel up front, those are two wicked strikers. Well, you've got Purcell and Bogle as well. Purcell and Bogle. None of them have done anything wrong. Mm. You think there's four really good strikers there that can offer different things. I think if Bogle plays, we play on the floor a lot more. If Glatzel plays, we've got the option to mix up and do the long ball or play on the floor again who's I think Glatzel's very underrated with his feet um, Vassell's just rapid he can just run at players so quick and Ward's a sort of mix of all of them together to be honest I think he's just a nice little all round striker well you look at Ward against Arsenal in the Premier League last season he looked great yeah and you know again like people were scared of the depth but to be able to have to- that, that kind of headache with Tomlin and Patterson it's almost not a headache because they're two different kind of players so you know you can start with Tomlin playing for 60 minutes he probably won't be happy with that. But to be able to put on Patterson, close the game out, you know, win those headers, and you've seen he's capable of scoring magnificent goals, it's not a bad headache to have, is it, lads? No. I, mean, I mean, it depends on the game, really. I mean, you're going back to Tomlin then. I think he'll be a great asset to us in, in games where we'll have a lot more of the ball. I know in a Warnock team, we're not really going to get much of the ball. But um, <laughs> when we when we are playing against those lesser teams where we're going to get a little bit more possession, maybe at home, I think he's going to be a key player for us. And He'll just play un- more at un- home than he will yeah. away, definitely. Unlocking, oh, the, yeah. unlocking the doors, unlocking those nice little passes into the wingers or into uh, into someone like Glatz or the, or the striker. Um, but then Patterson, you know, in those away games, in the games where we need to pick up points, we need to be physical, we need to be counter-attacking and great from set pieces, I think Patterson definitely will will start ahead of him. But um, yeah, like we were saying just then about the strength and uh, the the strength and depth, or de- depth and strength, strength and depth. There you go. Um, that we've, that we've, <laughs> we've got, got I mean, it. Yeah, strength, depth, <clears throat> depth and strength. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's surprising at the start of the season. I think everyone was a little bit panicky. We were like, oh well, I don't think we've done enough in the transfer window. We lost um, Bobby Reed. We lost Bruno Mango. And we were like, okay, well, we're, you know, where is this going to come from? We're, we didn't have um, Gunnarsson's replacement until Pat came in on deadline day. Who's actually been a fantastic signing for us? Yeah, I think he yeah. looks better than Gunnison. Absolutely. Ooh. I think as, as a leader, I think. Well, I think it's it's a bit. Early. It's a different it's a bit role, early, yeah. I think. But like, Pack is almost Gunnison. like therapeutic with the ball. He like takes care of it. He makes sure that it gets to the right place. Yeah, but when Gunnison runs to the ball, you think someone's going to die. It might be him. It might be the t- the player he's running at. For that though, now, mate. Like you saw his tackle against Arta. The guy is out for blood this season. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so Rawls got Rawls got that extra bit of edge against him now, and I'm really liking. I'm him. loving it. Love it. I'm loving it. I think he's one of the best centre midfielders in the championship this season. And I was going to ask a question about Rawls though. Right now, hmm. we've got three. It's set. We play three in midfield. Uh, Pack does the holding role. Yeah. The way Bakuna's playing at the moment, hmm. you ain't dropping it. Yeah, you can't. No chance. Him. You've got a choice of three then for that third midfielder. You've got Tom, and you've got Pats, and you've got Rawls. I'd be playing rules. I'd, be, I'd play rules. I'll play rules, and yeah. then and then. But do you have rules as the advancement, or do you have just three sort of there and just hope? Because I think that leaves the striker too isolated. I mean, you've yeah. you, you got to see how Bakuna keeps doing, John. Because I mean, as you said, you can't drop him. Oh, now. he's not getting dropped. He's been no. fantastic like, since the Reading game. Yeah, he like, there's a reason he won Player of the Month, and you can read that article on viewfromtheinion.com. Nice, nice plug, nice plug. 
going back to QPR, uh, what do you guys actually think went wrong for QPR? Their Twitter admin <laughs> salty. <laughs> yeah, seemed to be salty. A, a little bit better about the results, saying that they dominated. And even a QPR official fanzine, like we're oh, hammering him, being like, yeah, we absolutely dominated them to zero goals. Yeah, yeah which so. is so true. And it's, it's rare to see a team like Cardiff with lit- only four shots and less than 30% possession get three goals. What You know, one goal against the run of play, fair enough, but three. Something weird. I know you mentioned that they were playing the ball between the centers when you really need to be scoring, but was Smithy's just really good in goal? Was the defense, our defense really good, or do they just not have a proven striker? What do you boys reckon? I didn't see him scoring. That's the thing. They had two chances that if, if they had gone, I know they hit the post on the bar, um, much like Tom Lawrence, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a post. <laughs> hit the bar four though, didn't he? That's the problem. Still in the Wales team. Hit yeah. the bar, then hit the post. Yeah. 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 But you've got this issue of they didn't score from those chances that there are the only clear cut chances. Whereas for the first time in probably two seasons, <laughs> we, were clini- <laughs> we, we were clinical. I'm going to get so much abuse on Twitter for that, aren't I? There goes a Tom Lawrence interview yeah. forever. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I wasn't going to be doing that one anyway, it's fine. But yeah, it's just we were clinical, they weren't. We had a cutting edge about us for the first time all season. It seems like the whole game was a wake up call. It finally put that rocket up the players. Like and we probably could have scored more. I think Glatzel should have done better with the header when <clears> White put the ball in. I know there was a lot of fizz in it, he hit it hard, but Glatzel ju- sort of mistimed his jump by a second and it sort of just caught him at the wrong time. I think another one, if you gave him another go, I reckon he scores that in training and that's going in. I think yeah. I think we're as well. We're, we're a team with a lot more experience now. I think we're a team that's gone up to the Premier League. We've we've played with the big boys. We come back down, and we're a team that should be doing really well at this level, oh, yeah. especially with a manager that, that knows this league inside out. I mean, the QPR team is young. They a lot. They made a lot of transfers over the summer, and um, that Eze kid, that young kid coming through, he, it's his first taste of Championship football. He was he, good. He looks. He, was he good does player. look really good. So I think at the end of the season, I think they they're going to be. Mid table, I reckon, but they're going to have a few star performers in there. Like when, I remember when Bournemouth, uh, not Bournemouth, sorry, Brentford. Um, the season we went up, Brentford, uh, you know, just come on the scene, and they, they had a lot of really good players, and they were playing some really nice football. I think that's going to be what QPR will be like in a few years' time. I think Brentford pushing for automatic playoff this year. Yeah, and they're, although you know Loftus Road isn't the biggest of stadiums, but obviously the real estate in London is a bit it's more a expensive. Stadium. They are a big club, do you know what I mean? Like, they, for some reason, there's like fans who support QPI in Wales and stuff. Like, it must be from like the 80s or something. But, Ben, did you uh, do your player writings on I Twitter? didn't this week, no. You've been uh, flagging a bit with that, haven't you? It was because my mate was giving me a lift home the last few games, so I had a bit of time to type it up. And, well, this time you got your skateboard? No, well, I, I drove home. <laughs> so, not a skateboard? No, not a skateboard. Not a skateboard. Right, so you do your player writings, mate. Smithies. Which one are we doing? QPR? Oh, yeah. Uh, Smithies, probably six. Six? He just didn't have a lot to do, did he? He did well with what he had to do, mm. but there wasn't a lot there. They hit the post on the bar. He made one good save, actually. Gone. I'll give him a 6.5 for the solid save. Bennett. Five. And that's oh. not all his fault. Ooh. That's <laughs> not all his fault, to be fair. I'll stick up for him. Done. But he did take a pasting on that, especially in the first half. He got absolutely hammered. Flint. Uh, seven. I thought he was solid. It was one of his best games. Uh, nice, nice little assist, mm. and just looked solid. He looked comfortable. Nice communication. Led the uh, led the back well. Mm. 
Morrison. I'm really liking that partnership as well, obviously Morrison and Flint. Yeah, it's bruisers. Yeah, yeah, and they're sort of, I was always, I think the big game turning point for me was the Borough game, where I thought if Assembly gets between those two, they're going to have a real hard time. Yeah. And then they just absolutely dominated and needs another sniff. And I thought that was sort of like the real turning point where I felt more comfortable with them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where Bamba comes back into this, though. Definitely. Bamba straight away back in for yeah. me. Over Flint, Flint, over Flint, yeah. Flint yeah. yeah. I'd give it time. See, yeah. The thing is, everyone's, oh, yeah, everyone's getting all. really excited about Bamba coming back this month. Because he was class last oh, season. I, the Premier I love like. Bamba. I love him. I love the random runs he goes on. I love when he just forgets mm. he's a defender. He's the octopus, man. That's my nickname. Yeah, and he's sort of <laughs> Bamba the octopus. Extendable, he's got, extendable he's got, legs. He's got eight limbs. Like There's a player going through one-on-one, and then out of nowhere, his tentacles come out of nowhere and just sweeped it away. But he's not going to be firing straight away everyone sort of sees this October return and he's going to be back in there he's really going to hit peak fitness at the time where we need it around Christmas yeah definitely and he's going to play a huge part then but until then it's sort of bring him off the bench and give him a gentle ease in you know these yeah. playwrights oh yeah sorry we, yeah. we were like just fucking cracking on with them yeah right? sorry sorry <laughs> uh, Morrison, Morrison uh, 6.5 uh, Peltier 7 I thought he was solid and became the most scouse I've ever seen him I sit he's so quite for quite Close to the front on the Indian stand. I've actually heard him talk. Mate, he's so, when, it all, like when it all kicked scouse, off, yeah. when it all kicked off, it was just the most scouse. Don't fucking touch me. Don't fucking touch no me. No way. I, was for some reason, I can't imagine that. He's oh, but he went man. like, he went like, it was, inc- I've, he's, I've seen him go off a few times, but this was outstanding. I honestly thought he was going to headbutt him. Amazing. Well, Peltier's almost like a guaranteed seven these days, but uh, Bakuna. Bakuna Matata. Uh, Bakuna's my man of the match, to be honest. I'd give him an eight. Nice. Bakuna. Pack. Uh, seven. White. Seven again. Thought he was good. Mm, Tomlin. That's a tough one. Uh, I go six point five. Didn't do a lot wrong. Okay. But didn't quite didn't much. Yeah. Much. Yeah. Decent shot. Um, was unlucky not to score. Mm. But I can. It, there was nothing wrong with his performance, but it didn't exactly. It wasn't his best game. Murphy. I'm gonna go five as well, just Ooh. purely because he let down. The f- uh, he just let Bennett down defensively, and that's always been my issue with his defensive work rate. It's not there. What about Glatzel? That's a tough one for me. I'm going to go six. Mm. Wasn't a match service and should have done better with his header when he actually got the ball into him. But again, it's didn't do a lot wrong either, other than that one header. Um, caused problems, took the ball down well, ran with it well. Yeah, I thought he had an all right game. Patterson obviously came on a bit earlier, 65. So that's the other play we'll do, Ray and Patterson. What do you reckon for him? Uh, I'll give him a 6.5. Yeah? Yeah. He scored though. You can't give him a six point five. Oh, I give him yeah. seven then. Yeah. Yeah. It's an automatic seven. It's, yeah, same, yeah. With, same with Morrison. Though. Morrison scored scored as well. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I said six point five for Morrison. I changed up to a seven because I was harsh. This is a problem with your playwriters, mate. <laughs> I mean, a lot of other people agree with him. I just fucking hate them. <laughs> I just never agree. I've with I never know. I've never noticed, mate. For every, I'm just gonna do them now. Just wait. You can time it. Just <laughs> you press that send button. Three, two, one. Oh, Baker's messaged me. Baker's tweeted me. What a shock! <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, he's angry. Uh, well, sore out then, you prick. Well, uh, next up, uh, you know, you said um, your man of the match was um, what was it? Kaguna. Gavin White for me. Big fan of Gavin White. You know, I think he's almost like for me, like a Chris Burke, but who runs. Five miles a game, yeah, you know, yeah, I can similar see kind of player. Would you mm. agree with that? I, I think Chris Burke had more of an end product, product on him. I think if he still early days, yeah, though, he's yeah. young and he was sort of getting there, breakthrough, scoring the goals in League One last season. I think 
I'd be comfortable saying he'll get five or six goals this season if he keeps playing the way he's going. How many assists? A few. I don't want to give an exact I number. think he'll get more goals than assists. <laughs> yeah, I think he's sort of that strike. He's he scored a few goals uh, last season for Oxford. Didn't you know? he, he wasn't five double figures, was he? Yeah, he had like eight, I think. Like he's, he's, he's got the potential to be a goal-scoring fullback, uh, fullback winger, hmm. but he's just sort of worn out sort of getting him to learn the defensive side of the game. And when you learn that, you can then go forward. And I think he will be... He's going to be a big player for us for the next few years. He's really is. He's impressing me. Well, obviously, that 3-0 win against QPR, that was proper Brexit football. Like we, we, One thing we can all agree on with this team is that, that we're just absolute units across yep. the field. Everyone is just seems to be massive. Big boys. Yeah, exactly, Dan. So, interestingly, there was some chat in the VFTN group that we have a, de- a team that could absolutely, and I'm quoting this, by the way, it's not my opinion, we could absolutely bully Swansea when we play them. It's a dangerous... <laughs> <You grass>. it's, <laughs> I'm not saying who it is, to be fair, mate. I'm not saying who it is, Ben James. Uh, it's a dangerous opinion with them being top, but that, Ben James, QPR game shows that we could do exactly that against the Jacks, Ben James. So what do you reckon about that? I think f- physically, I think we're, 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 better, we're better than anyone else in the league physically. Physically. But it's a case of, are we even going to get a sniff of the ball against yeah. Swansea? That, that's, that's that doesn't more, matter, that's though, does it? It doesn't matter. I know you I agree. Like Get a few throw-ins and yeah. launch it in there and see what happens. I think we could probably get a few off that. But, yeah, I mean... I, I, personally, I'm not really looking forward to the derby. I think I'm not at the moment. Yeah, yeah. At the moment. <sighs> yeah. they're I'm a good side. They do. They. I hate myself for saying this. They're a good side. They're but doing well. I, I have a little bit of faith but because they're going to fall away. They're going to fall away. They've got such a such a small squad and the high yeah. intensity style. Player. Yeah, I, I just can't see when it comes to Christmas and they've got four games on the bounce. I just feel. I just feel like the wheels are just going to come straight off it. The mm-hmm. Americans are going to just strip and sell everything. Hopefully, touch wood. And um, and I, I, I feel like I feel like it's just going to come apart. But we're playing them before Christmas. We're playing them before those that that tough run of fixtures, mm. um, congested fixture list really. So at the minute the way it's going, I mean, if, look at look at it like this, right? We're seven seven games unbeaten, which is great. Which is yeah. which is great for us. We're building up some momentum, and we're we're at the minute coming into a point where <clears throat> we're we're winning games, we're drawing games, we're not losing. We're playing. We're playing poorly, but we're getting results. The team's settling, and that that, that, that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> the team's settling, and you know, I feel like we can definitely get something. It's all coming together. I think. I think we just need to wait it out. I just I wish I didn't bring Swansea up now because, like, my heart's racing. Uh, looking forward uh, to West Brom. Then, you know, we, we're playing them at the Hawthorns. Guys, it's unquestionably a difficult game. They've got three wins in four find themselves in third place. There's some absolute quality around the pitch with Charlie Austin. I know he hasn't scored yet, but Pereira, Matt Phillips, and of course, Sahore has something to prove. Do you guys miss Sahore at, at all? all? No, not at all. I think he was an absolute steal that we got. Was it eight mil? Eight mil. Fucking what? Thank you very much. That was Mr. Daniel Spine. Levy, like yeah. value business. That yeah, was. that was class. Um, I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't played that well for us since... Things like two or three seasons. I think he's been that very consistent. Yeah. That end of the season when Monot came in, yeah, he, he was a world beater, and he was worth. He would if he had stuck to that level, he would have been worth the fifteen million that Brighton offered him. But my 
God, 15 yeah, million. They offered 15 million from you, got to remember that, because he, did he get 12 goals in half a season? Yeah, yeah he, he did. was phenomenal yeah. that half a season. And he scored a few worldies as well. Yeah. He looked one, one that doesn't get talked about enough, and I've said it before, was it that a volley? The volley against Fulham. Oh, oh my just, God. It's because we were losing, though. Yeah, it was 3 1 down. And just, yeah, I don't care. That league. was just ridiculous. Straight in the onion bag. Boxing Day, that was. A Boxing Day heat loss, he's, he's but he made up for it. He's a B tech bathroid. Oh, I think it's a C-Tech Bothroyd I don't think he, t- he, he could lace his, lace his boots yeah I, d- I don't think he's fit to lace his boots to be honest. but it was almost like with Bothroyd at least with Bothroyd when you know you, he had that like laziness streaking in that kind of like Berbatov walking around yeah. the pitch but Bothroyd had the quality to back it up the yeah. ball could come into him I remember watching him live once and he'd just done a random rainbow flick over someone and like he was he was capable of that with a whore I feel so sorry for Westbrook like Touchwood so sorry for them because I think other than a penalty he scored two penalties in two games and that's it and they're outraged about the signing by the way I, I, mm. after most games like the on their third forums, game yeah. I saw a tweet saying yeah um, I hope Zahor never plays for this club again and I think that's hard like, Zahor has the potential to be he could have been the next big Cardiff icon yeah. he was there the fans wanted the fans I think the one thing we can all agree is we all want it we're well. desperate for a a player to do well yeah we've never oh, sitting up Bakuna everyone sort of turned in on start but like when you've got a striker that has potential to become a legend at the club the fans want him to do well he got so much more good so much good grace oh my for God. his average mm. performance because he did so well that half a season that we were all living in that false yeah. hope I think even Warnock fell for it there was just glimpses and you sort of think he's coming good he's coming good again it's yeah. there and then he sort of believed he was coming good and stopped trying and that's where he let himself down he is he's a phenomenal player if he wants to be he's not he's not a phenomenal player because i think i know you're saying like i think he peaked i think he peaked i think he peaked and then everyone thought it was like the start of an upward curve but it wasn't i think it was just a peak i you i agree with dan there like i think this is the highest he will ever reach in his career i I was so fed up by the end of the word potential and Zahor in the same sentence. Because, yeah, he had it. He had the potential. But it just never seemed to realise it. Do you know the, so moment, the moment I was done with Zahor, and it sounds weird, is when he scored against Southampton and he had the balls to say, I'm back. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, mate, you scored a two-yard tap-in. With your right, with, it was just it was a scuff. It was a scuff. scuff, yeah. And he goes, I'm back. I'm like, oh, Ken... And yeah, then he, he had to back it up, and he didn't. Mind you, though, that, no, perfor- that, trying. that performance against United was probably the, be- the best the performance be- we did that. all season. And then we suddenly looked like we had Bobby Reid in behind Zahor, Mendes on one wing, Murphy on the other. That was what everyone was calling out for from the very start of Warnock in the Prem season. And then we had it against United. We beat United away from home, and we were like, all right, we're going to go straight back. We're going to go down. We're going to come straight back up with this team. We lost Bobby Reid. Zahor was just like... You know, we sold as a whole, but I think it was probably worth it. It's eight mil just for that United. That United thing's a bit of a false, like a false thing that you've yeah. got to remember who United's manager is. Lol, Solskjaer. Oh, it's a joke. <laughs> That's why it happened. That's so funny though. I'm really enjoying that at the minute. It's amazing. It is better than any any Hollywood blockbuster you can get because it's just it's poetic justice. Rio Ferdinand must just hate looking at oh, his mentions. Yeah, it just, must be oh my God, that, that place in the world. That, just, video, that video just keeps Ollie's coming at the wheel. Just, yeah. He's back. Sign him. Sign him. He's back. Oh. So write his checks. Write his checks. It's nah. just like, I mean, we knew what was going to happen. He failed at Cardiff, yet Man United fans 
were like, nah, buzzing, yeah. Cardiff are just shit. Like, you know, you'll do well here. And it's like, nah. He won the league know. in, what was it, Norway, was it? Mulder, yeah. yeah. So but when like, he went yeah. back to Mulder, he didn't exactly, he after didn't Cardiff, know. he didn't do amazing. I think the three years he was there, they won the league once. Other than that, he was sort of third and fourth finishers. It's not like they were heartbroken to see him go. Um, He's got where he is on his player, on his player, on his playing career. Going back to West Brom, boys, prediction time. Ben, what are you thinking? West I, Brom versus Cardiff. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a very tough game. You've got uh, one player we haven't mentioned that I think has the potential to come, come and really bite us in the backside Ajay. is Sammy Ajay. I yeah. thought he was... Um, you mentioned him last week, didn't you? Like yeah, good ball playing centre-half, scored from corners. quality player. Um, we really made a mistake letting him go. Um, we should let him stay on loan at Rotherham. But, Wait, um, are you saying Cardiff City have made a mistake? I know. It's, a look, look, take take a deep breath, take a drink. I, I know no it's hard way. to believe, but sometimes we make bad transfer decisions. No, we don't. No, I know. You're lying. It's crazy, but um, yeah, he's one that can really. He's solid, and I've just got this feeling he's going to be the one that pops up from a corner and will get the goal. Um, but I'm going to go for a one-all draw. S4C legend Dan Jardine, what's uh, your predictions? I, I think that's confident going for a draw, to be honest with you. I'm optimistic. They're, yeah, what they're, can I say? They're, they're a very good team. This is a team that, you know, only this week lost their first game. It was against Leeds, and it was only 1 0, wasn't it? But, yeah. um, you know, they've made a lot, they've made some fantastic business apart from Zahor. They've got um, Roman Sawyers in from Brentford, uh, Ajay, obviously, in from Rotherham, who, you know, I think he's in like 4 million as well. He's. He's a, he's a really good player. He's, and he's quality. He's going to be like probably future captain material as well. The thing is, at the, t- the point in time he was with Cardiff, he was very raw. Like I remember watching an under twenty one game. He was like a decent player, but he was very raw. He didn't look like a championship starting centre half. And you don't know what goes on behind the scenes. No, he, he, might, that, yeah. he might have mm-hmm. wanted to play, yeah. and then we it was just time and place he had to go. But I I hate to put you boys in your place, right, with these predictions. But I think you've forgotten that West Prom playing blue and white so that means that we're going to be playing oh, in the orange kit orange kit, kit. Oh, oh, so it's a loss sexy, oh, sexy, sexy orange kit 6-0 then gorgeous kit Dan I agree but I think it's a nothing yeah. but a loss I've gone off that kit I love it oh, I've I love gone it. off it the iron brew kit I love it man. I love, it's, it's, one, of, it's one, one of the brew best kits since that black and yellow Vision Ooh, Malaysia one oh yes. the striped one yeah. the Craig Conway kit Craig Conway kit Don Howie I think Joe Mason Joe Mason against Leeds I was in Perth in a pub watching that no Middlesbrough Middlesbrough I just remember seeing that kit and falling in love with it it was amazing yeah Yeah. That. but I'm going to go with you're going to let me do my prediction I thought you'd done it no I thought you said a draw um, that was me. That was him. You said I'm going to go with a draw. Okay, I'm going to go with a draw. <laughs> <laughs> Those damn Jardine's predictions are twice there, ladies and gentlemen. Two all, I'm going to say. Two all, yeah. yeah. Who's going to go on the score sheet? Then? The thing is, though, right, I think we've played we played against QPR in a way that's actually going to suit us because we're not going to get any of the ball against against West Brom away from home. Good we've point. got to be clinicking for a goal mm. and counter-attacking is a way to go. So I think that the game against Q- QPR was a perfect set for this one. It's a good set for the season now, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially in a, in a league with teams that like to play. Keep football. It, oh, been doing too badly. They've got, they've had a fair few results under the belt. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Uh, my heart goes with a two-one win. But that orange kit, the iron brew kit, is it's a curse. So I'm gonna go with a one-nil loss. Unfortunately, that's a fish out. Gonna be. Uh, Who do you think is gonna score for them? Yeah, because Charlie Austin hasn't scored yet. He needs to bag. Yeah, six games and no goals. Guaranteed. Do you think they might start as a whore then over him? No. 
I don't, I don't think there's any risk of you, that. Imagine the if thing, they do, though. The thing is, a whore really. isn't one of those players where in a change room is like, right, you're against your old club, get up for it. I reckon you'll still be like, yeah, it'd be similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess. I yeah. think Zahor, the one thing at the moment that like life has been ruined for me with Ken Zahor in that CCMB message, that's that chat forum chat, where they somehow came to the conclusion that Ken Zahor was autistic. Wait, what? <laughs> that's, have you not <laughs> what? seen What's it? this? There was a chat so on um so bad. CCMB. Uh, you, have you ever be been CCMB. on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like <laughs> honestly, it was just they were just and it wasn't like one or two people. There was about 20 people contributing to this chat about Kenza Hall being autistic. And you can't the, but, say but, that. No, but the best one was the guy who, one of the guys said, I agree. Uh, part of the reason I think he's autistic is uh, I was shopping in Asda. And I was shopping in Asda. And I reached for a, a pair of size nine George shoes. And as I reached for them, Kenza Hall reached for them at the same time. And he didn't make eye contact with me. And their hands met. And <laughs> I'm more like, surprised there's, there's a two... horse feet are size nine. Yeah, that's that's really? there, there are so many flaws in that. Size fourteen or something. Yeah, but it's not even that. That never happened. Like he, you've made up that you Wait, touched what, Kenzo Hall's hand by buying George from Asda shoes. Why is Kenzo Hall buying Asda shoes? <laughs> yeah, this like, is the this most. Does, yeah. Why are we even referencing this story? Oh, it's brilliant. How, it's does, so how does good, that though. make sense? As if you don't want to look him in the eye, probably because you just touched his hand yeah, in Asda, buying some hand, George buying some cheap shoes. shoes. Yeah. Isn't in Asda anyway, first of all. That's where the story starts He's off. a player on like 15 grand a week. You're just what? ordering a new pair of Nike to Waitrose. Yeah. Surely he's going to Waitrose. You know? And I George, think... maybe he's picking up like plimsolls for his nan or something. I can understand. Size so nine. I can, <laughs> look, I can kind of understand it because he's called his kid Kenzo. Is he? Yeah, Kenzo yeah, Zahor. So, so he's, uh, Kenzo's a literally uh, The abbreviation of his name is his son's name. Kenzo. It's like a step away from calling your kid Junior. <sighs> I didn't think I could uh, dislike Zahor more. Um, so that is our predictions for West Brom. Uh, before we get into uh, the listener questions, you guys have been great in sending some questions. Kato City have been in the news this week, um, obviously for the more controversial aspects other than the 3-0 win and that is, of course, the court case with Salah being dragged through the FIFA courts. You know, there's arguments for quite a lot of things, and they certainly have been going on on Twitter. Yeah. Plenty of arguments. Mm -hmm. Cardiff should pay. You know, Cardiff shouldn't pay. Cardiff should pay a little bit. And it's, I think one of the worst things about it is the fact that it's even in the public domain, and it just hasn't been settled privately. Ben, yeah. what do you think? Uh, it's a difficult situation. I think people lose sight of the fact that this is a world first. There's it's not been happened, another situation where, and there's so many grey areas with this. If the club are saying that the contract wasn't valid, there was issues, which by the sentencing, that's been confirmed with the Premier League that at the time of the plane crash, Salah was not registered as a Cardiff City player in the Premier League squad. And the clauses that Nance insisted on putting in, saying, look, if he's not registered, he's not a Cardiff player, he, we can still sell him to China. Because I think part of it, that people think Nance this, have gone about this the right way, all of that. There's, I've got really big grievances the way Nance have handled it. There's another hundred things about Cardiff, how they've handled it. But Salah's body hadn't been found. Nance demanded the first payment. Um, it's bad, though. It's yeah. just, there's just so many issues with it. They insisted that if anything came up, they can still accept a bid from China. Because what they lose sight on, uh, people lose sight on is that Nance were cashing in on Salah, whether it was coming to Cardiff or if he was going out to China. They were selling him that January because they wanted that cash. Yeah. 
They're not a big club as far as revenue goes. It was a huge sum for them. Uh, the, I think China was their preferred move because they offered more money. Um, people lose track of that and sort of see this. Cardiff refusing to pay, Cardiff for doing this, Cardiff for doing that. The clause that Cardiff are saying he wasn't a Cardiff player for was inserted by Nantes. And I think that's a huge thing. Hmm. Am I right in saying that the, con- the contract wasn't valid, or it had to be set, it had to be amended? It was no, the inter- it wasn't that. It was there was an issue with um, the signing fee that Salah would have received. Um, they had negotiated that Salah's signing fee would have been in one big lump sum at the start of the contract. Premier League rules state that a signing player's bonus fee or signing on fee needs to be spread out evenly over the st- over the term of a contract. So if it's one million, you can't pay that one million in one sum. It's got to be spread over, if it's a two-year contract, half a million each at the start of each season. That needs to be agreed by Salah and his agent to make the contract valid before the registration went through as a player. Um, obviously, the contract was sat on the desk waiting to be signed, and sat, um, the tragedy happened. Um, it's, it's a really sad, think, it's man? a really, really sad situation. I mean, this is, you know... It, it, it's been dragged up a lot in the news recently. It's been kind of regurgitated every time there's like a new line on it, and that doesn't help anyone involved. No, it doesn't help all. anyone because people are jumping to conclusions. Um, I'm uh, this week alone. I've seen a lot of stuff being put on social media. Other fans then calling us, as in our club, you know, putting our club into disrepute that we, we're not dealing with it properly. When uh, uh, as as fans, we don't actually know exactly what's going on. Exactly. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's, this is a this is a person that's, that's died in a, a very tragic way, and um, and no one's <coughs> sorry, I was about to cry. Then um, <laughs> no, no, no one's going to come out of this, you know, smelling of roses. It's, it's a tragic situation, and and um, I think we just need, need to let the clubs get on with it um, and settle it in in a way that's 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 right for for his legacy. Really. I think the, the bit that I, sorry, mate, come. Just going to say, I think uh, Ben kind of it perfectly earlier it's never happened before I think there needs to be sympathy in every department there needs to be sympathy for Cardiff there needs to be sympathy for Nantes and there needs to be especially sympathy for Emiliano Sal's family yeah you know we're in a bad situation we owe 50 million Nantes you know could end up with no money or you know they've just lost a star striker at least and then his family obviously are going through the dogs right now I think everyone needs a scapegoat in this situation, the medium people. Someone always needs someone to blame. And where everything kind of went to pot was when Non didn't settle everything privately, which is what it should have done in the start. They and, uh, were straight out um, criticising and yeah. putting it into the public domain, which I read and like. Um, I, the, the obvious, they forced Cardiff's hand. The obvious thing, and Cardiff... And like we can argue to the hill from time how the club handled situations in the past. Cardiff have done their best not to make any comments, not to put any statements out, not to do anything in the press. They'll answer, they'll answer yeah. questions very carefully when asked. Um, they'll answer them, but in a very certain way. Um, but Nantes the one that made this all public. Nantes seemed to be the side that refused to negotiate a deal. No one's saying Cardiff shouldn't pay a penny. But no one's also. I, I think it's silly to say Cardiff should pay the full sum. There needs to be an arrangement of going. Look, I understand you're missing out on this, but this clause you insist on this contract. This is our proposal. This is what we feel is a fair sum to put this to bed, and then just leave it and just let it go. It's just 
it's time now that that poor family yeah exactly they've yeah. gone through yeah. so much like his old man uh, dying so shortly after well surely they're sitting there in Argentina thinking just what are these just, clubs just yeah. j- just leave my son out of the news like I don't want to keep seeing my son's name they're reliving it every day aren't they the they're just reliving it every day and, you know if someone comes up to you on Queen Street and gives you a slap in front of everyone you're more than likely going to give him a slap back. And, like, none has done that. They dragged it through the public. Cardiff, you know, it's all we can do now. We, we, Town's a businessman at the end of the day. £60 million would be enough to liquidate a, cl- a club in the championship. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. So you've got to fight for that. And it's such an awkward situation. It's. I think until there's a resolve, I think everyone should just kind of let the clubs get on with it. But they won't because it's such a big story. A good story. Well. Yeah. It's an easy debate. It's not an easy debate. It's an easy debate to be very ill-informed it on. It gets clicks yeah. on their website. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, easy. it's very easy to point fingers. It's yeah. very easy. But, yeah, I, f- I feel like until, you know, everyone knows the full scale of the story and everything, all the facts involved with it, I think everyone should just kind of let the clubs go do a, go and do their business, figure out what, what the right thing to do is here and uh, make sure there's, there's a resolve that everyone's happy with. Definitely, and uh, we'll leave her on that because next up we've got our listeners' questions for all of us. First up, we've got Matt Stan uh, at Matt Stanulewix. What's more important, possession or results? And if Cardiff go up, do they have to play a different type of football to stay up? Is it worth implementing this now? I've had a lot of arguments with my little brother about this. He he feels that that we need to be playing football. I feel like we need to be getting results. I'd love if your little brother was like two now, and he's just like <laughs> just a toddler, he's just yeah. lying. We need to play more football, like <laughs> this little toddler talking about yeah. possession and Geiger pressing. Yeah, but no, um, <laughs> but no, no. As in, look, if you look at the the model that um, the Norwich, for example, have, have set up, um, they got a the director of football from. Um, very similar to, uh, I think, I think, I think it was the the former Huddersfield uh, director of football. That makes sense. And then they they then recruited Daniel Fark from the Bundesliga and the youth the youth setup that they've got over there. Same with um, what's his name, the Schalke manager, no, Dave Wagner. Right? God, this is the most football knowledge that's ever been on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, if it's uh, me and you on it, mate, hundred percent. Yeah, just like two monkeys going <laughs> football. <laughs> and and. and Norwich, okay, when, when Far came in, they were playing football. They they, they forced kind of them to <clears throat> restructure the whole way they play, um, you know, the, the players that are coming through from the ground up all the way from the youth set up all the way through to the first team. And mm. it didn't work for the first season and a half. When we went up that season, um, two seasons ago, um, it was Fark's first season. And when I, when they came to CCS, I remember watching them passing it around from the goalkeeper. I think they were 2-0 down at the time. Like we were just saying about QPR, messing around with the ball when they should be getting it at the other end and scoring goals. For me, and as a fan who likes to watch my team win, um, you know, I, I want to watch us win whatever way possible. Brexit football, 25% possession, three mm-hmm. shots on target. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, for the long run, for the sustainability of your club, it is worth implementing a style of play that will get you results consistently. That is, at the minute, the way it looks is through playing football, through playing possession-based football. Um, however, in the short term, and seeing as this is Warnock's last season... I reckon we just just make the most of it. Make make you know play this Brexit football, play this physical football, play the play the, play the way that we're going to win games sloppily, but we're going to win instead of having to rely on some sort of style, some sort of grace that you know that won't 
won't get you the results, but it'll make you look good on on uh, on well, not match of the day because what's the championship one out? EFL, EFL goals or something like that. I didn't even know that existed. It's on Quest or something. Like uh, I've, I've still not found it. Just after Takeshi's Castle. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, think it's people are under a bit of delusions of grandeur about Cardiff. We've never been this football inside. I don't think the closest we've ever been Dave is Jones. under Dave Jones, yeah. Yeah. and even then <clears> it was still. Paul Trollope tried, but yeah, and look oh how that God, went. It's oh, what the fuck. I but was. There's, there's a thing going on with the club with the youth setup. They've sort of tried to develop this sort of philosophy of football, and it works for clubs. It really does. But some people seem to think that the way Cardiff have been in the past is this t- not a ticky tacker, but like this direct. Di- yeah, we've always been a direct side. We've always been. We've not always hoofed it up, um, but we've been a lot more. We're always a team that gets. We don't play it across the back. We never have been. We never will be. That's not the Cardiff way. I think it's because at the top level it doesn't work, the Cardiff style of play. Like Stoke were the last probable, probable team to kind of take that but style of football and do well do with, with it. it. You look at Sheffield United, how they're playing. Yeah. Or they're, they're not as direct as us. They're definitely they're, playing a lot better than Cardiff. Yeah. They, Sheffield, United, Sheffield United are doing what Cardiff should have done in the Premier League, a go at teams. Yeah. But they're not playing it, from, they're not playing it out of the back. They've adjusted their style to suit the Premier League more, which is something we didn't do. We just literally yeah. copied so we it. Yeah. Whereas, but they're still not, they've not gone, all right, we'll play it from the keeper, we'll play it from the back. They're still quite an aggressive, play it from the wide men, get it forward as quick as possible and look to do damage there. They've kept that ethos while playing it a bit more on the floor. If you look at, we'll go back to the United game at the end of last season. I think every Cardiff fan can agree that's some of the best football we've played on Neil Warnock. That is probably the best game we had since Villa at home when Mendes scored. We were playing on the floor, but we were getting it our way quicker. The wingers were on fire, and there was nice little passing plays. Yeah. We didn't dominate possession, we didn't dominate the shots, and we didn't make a huge... There wasn't a significant increase in our pass success rate. But it wasn't this sort of just hoof it long and get it out. There's a mix. There's a fine compromise to be had, and there's a place for a club like Cardiff to play like that because it makes it difficult. You see what Sheffield United are doing now. I think they're the best performing team out of three that went up. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And yeah. you sort of see that's sort of the way I see Cardiff going. Because if we get a new manager and he tries playing this tiki taka, it doesn't work with us. Well, it's not going to. We haven't got the players for it. But we've got the we've fans got, haven't yeah. got the patience for it either. That's the one thing we've got to remember: is the fans do not have the patience. We will protest about not having a protest. Yep. We will do anything. Just we will jump on people very quickly. We're not a patient mm. bunch. I count myself in that as well. There's a mix to be had. If a if a manager comes in and says, right, I want to play them in, playing from the back, this tiki taka, uh, 120 passes before a goal, we're going to be in a world of trouble that, that following season. So we got another question from at DiceCFC Comedy, with an I at the end, definitely Welsh. Uh, does Glatzel need someone up front with him? If so, who do you sacrifice? I'm just gonna I'm gonna start that one off because this is something I genuinely, you guys might disagree. I think Glatzel definitely needs another striker because if you look at what he'd done at Heidenheim last season, you almost always had another striker playing with him. So he's shown that he could score against Hull, but I think that either a second striker, you know, Tom gets a bit more close behind him. I don't think he's ever going to get into those double figures personally if he doesn't have someone more advanced right next to him. What do you guys think? I think this is the same with Zahor. I mean, he he didn't really have anyone to play up with. I mean, if we play this four three three formation, we're we're relying more on the wingers, and then isolating our striker. Um, Glatzel, 
I think he does prefer it to be played on the ground, same as Zahor, but he's obviously a lot better in the air. We've got that centre attack and midfield position, whether it be Tomlin, whether it be Patterson, um, to maybe mix it up a bit. We can go 4-4-2, 4-3-3. Um, 4-4-2 I think would be a, a good compromise for for games when we need a goal. Um, you know, Danny, what I was talking about it earlier, you know, that, that Bothroyd chopper, I think it, you know... No, what was it? Uh, uh, Choproid? Choproid, that's it, yeah. Both for life. But yeah, I mean, I mean we've got the potential in, in the squad to play two strikers. Is is it against what Warnock stands for? Is he too rigid with his formation? I'm not too sure. Because he lo- he loves his wingers, doesn't surely, he? Surely though, when they signed him, they our scouting team looks into what formations the last team were playing, aka. You say that you look at uh, Bobby Reed's a perfect example, Tomlin's a perfect example. Can we we've not signed. Say Bobby Reed's sorry, name he shall not be named. Um, we signed two number tens when we really play a number ten. Yeah, and that's always confused me of why we sort of if we're not going to play. Why do we keep doing it? Yeah, but I think for me it's not a second strike that needs to be there because if it happens, we always get overrun in midfield, and we sort of tried it before and it hasn't worked for us under Warnock. We need someone that plays closer. To, we need that third midfielder to play closer to the striker, then come back when needed. We don't get enough of the ball, though. That's the thing. I think we're playing him up top on his own. I mean, we can we can risk not having enough of the ball. If we play two up top, then we're even more space, yeah. scarce in midfield. And um, you know, we're definitely going to get overrun then. Next question, guys, uh, from some tool called Benjamin James Twenty Seven. Uh, can you please laugh at that? Otherwise, they're going to think that that's just a poor fact. <laughs> not a view from an Indian guy. Uh, with Bakuna assisting two goals in two games, Pack scoring one, and Rawls joint top scorer, Patterson back in the goals. Where does Tomlin fit into our current midfield? He doesn't. Not at the minute. He doesn't. Oh. I think, uh, like I was saying earlier, I mean, at home against teams where we're going to get more of the ball, I think Tomlin Tomlin can fit in there, especially against teams who are maybe lower down, like a Stoke, for example. Um, he's, he's a little creative spark and we do need that at times but I think Bakuna can easily fill that role as, uh, and, and um, Rawls as well um, but at the minute with those three midfielders I think they've got to start every game I can't see I can't see Tomlin starting ahead of them at the minute unless one of them's injured um, or unfit and, and same with Patterson Tomlin's a luxury player yeah. Tomlin's a fantastic player to watch on his day um, it's exciting can get fans off his seats but He's a luxury player on the side that can't afford to have a luxury player at times. Okay, we've got uh, a question from some bloke called Scott Salter as well. Is it only VFDM people asking me questions, by the way? Apparently, yeah. Uh, Scott says, I'm really enjoying being back in the championship. Uh, same year. It makes me wonder, would I want us to get back in the Prem? So, Prem versus championship. I absolutely love the championship. I, I fucking love, love this league. Honestly, yeah. it's so unpredictable. It's mental. The the limbs are better. The the fact that every game isn't getting moved because of um, fixtures on, on well, you TV. You say that. Well, right? my, yeah, actually, mind you, we've we, had yeah, we've had shockers. A shocker this season so far. What have we had? <laughs> Two three o'clock kickoffs at home. Has yeah. Bristol City been moved to it's a been Sunday? Moved to a Sunday oh at twelve o'clock. God. Um, yeah, we it's. It's been a weird one for the championship as far as that goes. It used to be Tuesday nights. I think we've not had a Tuesday night game yet. They've been Wednesdays. It's because we're the big boys now. Yeah, we're, we're the team everyone wants to watch. And exactly. People need to remember that. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and, uh, in fantastic style of football as well, yeah. I, I, but, love, the, I love the championship. Honestly, I, 
people were asking me it's, it's like the, when we got relegated. Yeah. Are you gutted? Was I gutted? No. And I was like, no, I'm fucking thrilled. I cannot wait because the away days are so much better as well. The away, the away days are better. I think the, the atmospheres are better because it's not filled with tourists. Like I'm, I'm, talk, I'm, I'm talking about like Arsenal. I'm talking about. Um, Spurs, I'm talking about Liverpool, they're just dead stadiums. Yeah, I know. You, it's almost too easy. Yeah, take me to Luton Town away, man. That's what I want to be. That's proper football, that is. I know. The I championship is football for proper football fans. Absolutely. And I'm not being disrespectful when I say this to clubs because there's a lot of committed, fantastic supporters of every club in the Premier League. Of course, Swansea, yeah. Apart from Manchester United and Swansea. And Swansea. Um, but the championship for me is just, it's real, it's. The Premier League is a fantastic place to be if you're a top if you're a top four club. It's, it's other, great other for than, convenience. Other, that's than, it. other than that, it's boring. Yeah, Look, I'm kind of glad. It, I'd rather be a yo-yo club going up and going down than being a mid-table team in the Premier League. That sounds dull as dishwater because you're beating teams. What, what what is happening at the end of the season? It's like, oh yeah, we come ninth. Yeah, hmm. Look, you, you play. I can see why West Ham fans are angry because. Nothing happens. They've it's got to make almost, stuff happen. It's almost like when you're one of those mid-table teams, you're stuck in football limbo. Yes. Where, you know, are we ever going to challenge for fourth? Probably not. Could we get relegated? Yes. So it's like you're you're constantly, like, playing to stay mid-table. Yeah. Doesn't that sound boring to you? You're fighting for eighth instead of ninth. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> that's not football for me. No. I want to be... I want the heartbreak. I want the joy of scoring yeah. a 90th minute winner or in a or 90th minute equaliser against Hull away from home. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I always say this, right? My mate is a huge Man United fan and he's a genuine Man United fan, to be fair. And he was talking about the current situation and obviously there was that video of the Man United elderly fan crying. And I, I was just like, oh my God, like... You have no right yeah. to be upset, and that was the same upset. week Bury went best. Exactly, yeah. it's not week. just that he was tr- genuinely trying to persuade me that this is a horrible time in the club's history. It's horrible to follow. I'm like, mate, Spoiled. you have never had Peter Ridsdale as your chair. Although he'd done a good job in the end, whilst he was chairman, it was the most stressful time in my life. Yeah, we, we the, the season ticket scam. Do you remember that American guy who nearly bought us before the Malaysians? Some in steel. And like he brought, bell, yeah. brought, he was bringing like potential owners to the stadium. There was that fear of liquidation. Mm. We nearly got liquidated. We couldn't pay the caterers and stuff like that. And Man United fans like, oh, Rashford's not scoring. Like you, you, know? you yeah. can't say your club's at a rough time until you've signed a sponsorship deal with, with a country. A com- with a co- no, with a company that isn't legally allowed to trade in your country. Wasn't it? Was that the Chinese King Seven Seven? Oh my God! Yeah, Do you remember and the Anthony Gerrard? Posing with the kit, and yeah. then all of a sudden, well, he was gone. What the Newcastle? I'm, sh- I'm sure then. it's the Newcastle game. We played with that kit. We played with that horrendous sponsorship on the front. Those kits went for like five hundred quid. Oh, massive money. They're like you look at the kit collections now. They, they're gold dust. But we played with that kit for a game, and we'd signed the deal. It was one of the most lucrative in club histories at apparently at the time. And then we had to give all the money back because they didn't have the permit to fucking put. To, Advertising the country, they will never understand it. Brilliant! I I just think, uh, as a championship, you know, as a a fan of a team in the championship that have been up and down and through it all, it just builds character. Builds it builds kind of your relationship, a closer relationship to football, and closer relationship to how everything works. And uh, instead of being one of those fans who's just constantly 
constantly winning and constantly on the verge of kind of doing great things. I feel like you, you need to be put through the ringer, really, to I kind of... You feel closer to your club, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You feel closer to the players. Like, yeah. you can't feel more distance from a player or from your local club yeah. than you're not even allowed to watch the players get off the bus. Exactly. And that's sort of mm-hmm. what it's like, the Premier League, whereas sort of... There's been times where, like, in the championship where John Parkin was getting called in by like the kit man because he's staying out and chatting to the fans. Mm. He's having such a nice time. You wouldn't get that. You don't get that in the Premier League anymore. Headphones on, refusing to sign autographs. Egos. Egos, Talking to yeah. John Parkin, I spoke to him like a month ago and he said there'll never be a, another player like him at any level of football. No, I completely, completely agree. Completely that that agree. level of professionalism runs from top to bottom even down to the National League. You know, those players cannot go out on a Friday night anymore, Thursday and stuff like You've that. Gone, Tom you, 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 yeah. Tom You've gone from the biggest characters in football being people like John Parkin, Ray Parler, all of those sort of players. The fucking Pogba. Jesse Lingard. Oh, oh, God. Don't even Jesse stand. Lingard is the big character in football now. That hurts. It's just mm. pathetic. Like, I can see Roy Keane, like, after Man United games, and he looks like he wants to just, like, top himself because he just can't yeah. stand it. You know, if he was in that dressing room, he would he would be going absolutely nice. Well, anyway, guys, it's been great doing this with each other in a proper studio, and it's been lovely, isn't it? Yeah, it's been class. Yes. Thank yeah. you very much for having oh, me. Yeah. It's all right. Well, next up, we have uh, Gizu Price's uh, short interview, bassist for the Super Furry, uh, Furry Animals. Obviously, I interviewed Get earlier today, and I gotta say, boys, he's an absolute legend. The full interview, of course, will be posted soon as an article on our Twitter, which is at VFT. Ninian, uh, and that's up next. Cheers, guys. All the best. Thank you very much. I think a lot of people who will be listening will know the super furry animals through the Cardiff City side. Obviously, there's been a Cardiff City website, and you're known as quite a big Cardiff fan. Ghetto, can you can you tell us how you came about supporting the Bluebirds and what your first memory was following us? Yeah, um, I, I first started going down. My my big brother would take me down uh, every Boxing Day, so you know I'd go sporadically, but he'd. he'd you know, he'd usually go with his pals his own age, but um, yeah, Boxing Day was my treat, and he'd take me down to the to the game. Yeah, and then when I got to around fourteen, fifteen, started going down my own pals. I guess it was the season, the Jimmy Gilligan season, quite an exciting time. So what 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 year was that? Uh, what season do you do you reckon you started? Eighty seven, eighty eight. You must have had a favorite player even at that point though because i know when i first started watching cardiff i was obsessed with andy yeah. leg um you know i was playing left back myself so he was someone i just I okay loved well I, I remember cohen griffith of the years yeah um jimmy gilligan of course because he was his top scorer would you ever sneak into the ground back in those days sneak in yeah, there were stories of people sneaking in back then. The okay. old man used to tell me. Um, I, I can't remember. To, I, I, you know, <laughs> I would have been doing it on pocket money, so it's quite possible that I, I would have been. You know, it, was, it was the Bob Bank and it was the old turnstiles, so it's, I'm sure it was quite possible to sneak in. But I, I was a good boy, you know. So Well, you mentioned the Bob Bank there, mate. Um, Ninian Park, obviously very much yeah. cherished in the minds of 
you know, those Cardiff fans lucky enough to have attended. But get oh, there's a new generation of fans now that don't know the magic of that stadium. And if you were to describe it to those new fans, how would you explain um, the park? Well, it's it a big shed, essentially, isn't it? Like a big, big, big barn. <laughs> um, but the Bob Bank is, you know, famously the is it the the, the longest terrace in football at the time. I remember the didn't they have the um, those yellow fences, the uh, anti hooligan fences. Anti hooligan yeah. fences. That yeah, is a technical I term. Think they were yellow and they, they were gates. <laughs> Obviously, this was after. Um, yeah. After Hillsborough, that's yeah, that's over three decades yeah. then of following Cardiff, and yeah, that's a lot of players coming in and out. What would you say is your all-time Cardiff City XI? Right. Well, thankfully, you gave me a little bit of warning. I did, mate. Yeah, because I know where it's like to do these on the spot. You end up picking yeah. absolute ringers just because yeah. you're under pressure. So, um, <laughs> Let's yeah. start with goalkeeper. Uh, David yeah? Marshall in goal. I, I pick people that uh, I used to watch regularly rather than. Uh, I haven't got Kevin Ratcliffe in there because I didn't see him play that much, and you know who would you chuck in there? Yeah. Gitto, as your um, <laughs> okay, as your left back, left back, Andy Leg. Good stuff, like Leggy's that. Broke. I agree with that. Centre halves. Yeah, Let's go um, centre halves. Oh, no doubt about it. these were the first two names was um, Danny Gabadon and, and uh, James Collins. Thought they, they were the perfect uh, defensive partnership for me. Uh, Gabadon's athletic, Collins was a beast. Oh, definitely, and I, I agree with that. I but I would change Collins okay. for Mark Hudson just because I love I love Mark Hudson. So right uh, back, who are you going Kevin, with? It can only be one, surely. Yeah, of course, definitely. Yeah. Obviously, you yeah. know, next player. So let's just move on from that. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> right. left midfield, well, my home midfield. What, what, what formation? Four, four, are you doing, two. Obviously, all my all my uh, midfielders are attacking. Actually, no, because. Uh, mm. Ramsey's in there. Ramsey's in there in the centre, and Dave Jones would play him in a more yeah. offensive uh, midfield position. Um, mm. So, I mean, Aaron Ramsey is, yeah, I don't know, he's like 16 or something when he, he came on, and he, he just knew yeah. that there was a guy who knew how to kick a football and knew, knew how to control a ball. Um, just, you could just tell he was class. Oh, definitely. The guy, you know, is 16 years old. He played like a an established and accomplished yeah, centre yeah. midfielder. It was weird to almost see how you... Yeah, I remember watching him thinking, how, how, what right do you have to be that good when you, you haven't yeah. passed your driving test? I, I think you know, uh, Dave Jones probably um, thought that as well because obviously he didn't play him in that. Didn't, didn't start him, didn't yeah. Didn't start him in insane. that. Uh, so the FA Cup final either. So you've got Ramsey in your centre midfield. Who's your uh, other centre midfielder? Jason Kumas. Right, because this is one that divides opinion. There's a good few, good few centre midfielders yes. you can put in there. So you put in Kumas in. Um, why Kumas? Because every time we got a free kick, he'd score. Essentially. So no, well, no I put him on the left wing. Good shout. So he's on yeah. the left. That's a good shout. That is obviously he needs to be yes. in there some way, and he needs to have a statue outside but, the stadium yeah. as well. Um, you know, the guy is an actual yeah. Cardiff legend, but. Right, right midfield, right field, possibly right controversial, but one of my all-time favourite players is Craig Bellamy, and he, he did kind of play oh. on the right, uh, um, you know, when when he was there. So, yeah, I've, I've sneaked him in there. Yeah, good. That's, I'd put him in as well. So our team's okay. pretty much similar at the moment. Yeah, Two well, the, the classic uh, Peter Thorne and uh, Earnshaw combination was, again, you know, they just... Ernie, the, the, I don't know what season it was, but he just 
but he, he scored over 30 goals, I think, didn't he? And um, it's classic. Peter Thorne would win the, win the ball, header it down, and he would, would knock it in. I'm sure we've had crafted players than Peter Thorne over, over the years. <laughs> but, class, um, he, he, he it class. just worked. Um, you know, he, uh, he he had a lot of people having a go at him because he didn't score enough himself. But he, he Ernie didn't score as much without him. So, and Ernie was you know, a complete legend. So I'd put, I'd put, instead of Peter Thorne, I'd be putting Jay hey, Bosworth. Well, that's um, controversial, you see. Cause, uh, yeah. Do you think? I just, um, I think uh, it might be to do with, I didn't, I didn't really see Peter Thorne play that much in person, but Jay Bothroyd, I I think, you know, call up for England while in the championship. The guy was amazing. He He was was a bit of a balance. As soon as he got that call up, I thought he went terrible. And um, uh, yeah, he he was a frustrating player. Obviously very good. That's Gitter's XI. You've got Marshall in goal, Andy Legger left back, Collins and Gabbard in the centre-halves. Kevin McNaughton right, Whitnam on his left flank, Ramsey and Kumas in the middle, with Bellamy on the right and Peter Thorne and Earnshaw, the classic striker partnership up top. Love that XI get. I've got to be honest, that would destroy some teams. Yeah, in the yeah. 